Hi, my name is Chris Little, and I am the host of The Lifestyle Chase. In 2018, I started this show to have meaningful conversations. I've interviewed over a hundred different people, both in and out of the fitness industry. This podcast is something I'm incredibly proud of. Welcome to season four. Thanks for joining me. We are back with Andrew Hallam. This is our fourth segment of the show. And to set you up for our discussion, I want to bring up the topic of balance, how to invest and spend for happiness, health, and wealth. Um, This is something that you've spoken about in the past, and it's something that I kind of wanted to dive into deeper as to, like, uh, what, what are your thoughts on that and what's brought you to that uh that position with with your how you do what you do and the beliefs that you have and the decisions that you make on a day-to-day basis you know it's as a personal finance speaker and writer people that don't know me well would say things to me like well you know but you really like you really like investing you really like personal finance or you really like money and for me the thing I really like, Chris, is life. Like life satisfaction far more so than money in itself. Money in itself was just a tool. So I saw the need for the book Balance for several reasons. You know, when you look in the newspaper or you're watching on television, you got some guy talking or it's usually some guy talking about money. And sometimes it's women. And when it's a guy, like a picture of them, there's always this dour dude, you know, like the stern looking kind of, stern looking super serious dude and and i think a lot of people really miss the plot with with money like use it for your life satisfaction and and if you get too involved in it you get you go too far one way in one direction you become really imbalanced so i'll give you an example of just the talks that i do sometimes i'm speaking at a a major corporation and the CEO will take me out for dinner afterwards. My wife and I are enjoying our time with these people and they're a lot of fun. We enjoy them. And then because of our lifestyle, we often end up spending time seeing these people and giving these sorts of talks and socializing with these people who are conventionally successful and then flying back to a place like Guatemala or Mexico, where we happen to be traveling in our camper van and we're around a campfire with like a family of Argentinians who are trying to drive from Argentina to Alaska and they're raising their kids in their little RV and they're raising, making money as they go digitally or whatever, through whatever creative means. And if I, Chris, have to measure life satisfaction among the people that I meet, I would be saying that most of these people that I would be meeting almost like Bohemian types, you know, traveling around the world and enjoying life, raising their kids in RVs, they seem to be more content. They seem to be a lot more happy than a lot of type A people. And I'm not saying type A corporate people are not happy people, but I recognize that we identify success or we define success in a really warped way. We'll often say, oh yeah, that guy is really successful because he's, he's, you know, he's got his own law firm and he drives a Maserati and he's got this big house on the hill. But I realized that's all just a monetary thing. And Research suggests that beyond a certain point, extra money doesn't actually make you 
any happier. It doesn't increase your life satisfaction. In fact, when you're pushing towards that too much, you end up dropping balls in these other areas that are way more important, like your health and your relationships. Massive. Those things are massive towards life satisfaction. So I really want to write the book Balance to redefine what it means to be successful. So my definition of success has nothing to do with money and career. So sure, I don't knock those things and those things can be fine. However, if we spend too much time focusing on that, too much energy focusing on that, we drop balls in areas that are way more important. So my definition of success in the book Balance is this. One, you need enough money. Success is kind of like a four-legged table. So one of the legs is a money leg. So yeah, we need money. You know, we, need, we need shelter so that you know, when it rains, we don't get wet. We have enough money for, you know, to cover whatever healthcare needs we might have, um, spend money on experiences and doing things and feeding us, that sort of thing. A little bit left over to save for the future, save for cool holidays and vacations. We need that. But we also need our health. And so to me, when I see somebody who's, I don't care how much money they have or how smart they are, if they're really, really out of shape, um, that person's not successful. They're just not. You, you have one vessel. You have your body. And none of us can control how long we're going to live. But man, to abuse that vessel for any reason, to me, is completely insane. So based on my definition, that person does not have success. I don't care how rich they might be. I don't care how high their IQ is. They don't have success. And health is really quite relative. Like I, I, would, I have a friend who was hit by a, a bicycle or hit by a car while he was riding a bike. Uh, and today he's, he's classified as a partial quadriplegic. So he can move his arms and legs. One arm doesn't really move and he can kind of move the others. And he's worked really hard to be able to walk like with a cane. He can get probably a, now he can get a few hundred meters slowly with a cane. But this dude is doing what he can with the, with what he's been dealt. And he's come so far. To me, he's health-wise, he's a success. Um, the third thing is relationships. Again, coming back to that idea that that wealthy person or even that really athletic person, if they don't have solid relationships, they're not successful. Not really. Because you know, when we look at, there's an eight-decade-long study called the Harvard Study of Adult Development. And it looks at, well, what is it? For eight decades, they've tried to determine what is it that makes people actually happy? What augments our life satisfaction? And the number one thing is your relationships. Not only do they help your life satisfaction and make you feel good, but they actually are directly correlated with your longevity, your physical essence. I mean, you want to kill somebody, you put them in a cage and you isolate them. And we saw that with COVID with a lot of older people. A lot of older people were really isolated in those homes and they died not of COVID, but they died of isolation. But we need to connect with other people. And then that fourth leg is a sense of purpose. Like we need a reason to get up in the morning. And this is one of the reasons why I don't recommend anyone fully retire ever. Like I, that's my recommendation. And the research is solid on this too. Although a lot of people aspire to retiring early, the research is so, so solid that on aggregate, people who retire early die early. They have less purpose they're not connecting with younger people. They're not, they're not learning. I mean, if your brain is a muscle, it's just like any other muscle in your body. If you don't use it, 
you lose it. And, and working part-time at something, and I'm not talking about like working full-time and grind a job you hate until you're 90. I'm just talking about dialing back, doing something that you love to do on a part-time basis and continuing to do it, continuing to keep your mind active, continue to interact with other people. Uh, that's key. I love that. I'm like super aligned with that. And I'll kind of explain why. Like, I mean, to start off, what gave me intrigue as to having you on the show is my parents are both teachers or at least they were teachers before they retired and as you talked about the the value of continuing to work um during covid when i spent time with my parents and we did yard work and stuff like i consider myself a very hard working person they outworked me day in day out like they're in their late 60s and i was exhausted and they continue to stay involved with different projects. They are part of community groups. They stay connected. Um, they're essentially putting in work every day. Every day they start off with like a to-do list. Um, and it keeps them sharp. It keeps them very engaged. And as you spoke to in a previous segment about investments and stuff, that's something that they've kind of brought me up to value in the sense that uh, we always had people coming over to the house to talk about investments and my my dad talked about um just like how if you are consistent with things how it can pay off over the long term and just to kind of have faith in the process as it builds up over time but uh we're essentially going to draw this episode to a close but i want to finish off with one thing that you will leave my audience with and it is a challenge for the day. So if you were going to give the viewers and listeners a challenge for the day, something that you think would positively impact their life that we haven't talked about in a previous episode, what would that challenge be? Track everything you spend today. So get an app, download an app, use Mint or Good Budget or Pocket Expense and track everything you spend. Do it today and then continue to do it for the rest of your life. It takes 10 seconds. And what will happen is this. You'll end up spending less money as a result because you'll be accountable for it. Now, it's much the same when you're physically training. Like if you have a physical training diary, and you're documenting what you're doing. It's much the same thing. It's so much easier to keep that momentum. You can actually see also progress. You can measure it. But doing that when you're spending your money allows you to see and align your spending with your values. You'll see certain expenses after the first couple of months um, and you categorize your expenses. So you can actually see what you're spending. So it's not like some people will say, well, you know, my, my visa does that. No, your visa doesn't do that. You have to manually do it and put it into these categories and you'll, cert you'll see certain things, Chris, like, oh, look at that money that I'm spending you know, on takeout and you know, I'm not getting a hell of a lot out of the takeout and how, how much better off could I be if I took at least some of that money and either invested it or put it towards like a vacation at time I'm going to spend with some friends or even giving it away. There, there's my tip. There's my challenge. I love that. And with that being said, thank you so much for joining me on this series of episodes, Andrew. Oh, my pleasure, Chris. Thank you.